everybody. Welcome back. Welcome in. It's the wrap on NRM Streamcast. Tom Asaway, Brendan Sennett in the house. The spider is in for Clarence Black today. Clarence uh, doing doing his uh, duties. I thought you said you were all right, Spider. No, you're all right, Spider. You're <laughs> no, all right, I, no, you said you were all right. Really? <laughs> Inside stuff here, Sopranos-esque. <laughs> hey, uh, welcome into the uh, Warren RV Storage uh, Studios in Farmington at NRM uh, headquarters. Make sure you check them out. 6900 East 14 Mile Road in Warren. Uh, approximately 1,000 storage sites, large sites available. They can hold any vehicles from 20 feet to 75 feet. It is the biggest in the area. Give them a call, 586 977 27 70. Tell them Maz and, Bri- and Brendan sent you. Matter of fact, if you uh, turn anyone on to park their vehicle there, you'll get a nice referral fee. Uh, so it's a win-win. We're expecting uh, Dan Dickerson to join us uh, via the video here in just a couple of minutes. Thanks again to Doc Emmerich. That was fun. Uh, you're still glowing. You still have a glow about you. <laughs> like I said, I <laughs> That's mean, gross. You know, it's it. We've we've talked about this a couple times on the show, but when people that you admire when they don't disappoint you, yeah. It's the coolest thing ever. Who, who, now, who has disappointed you besides me? <laughs> you don't. No, you know you what just, I mean. You, you, Athletic wise, athlete wise, have you have you met anyone that, that Derek really? Jeter? Derek yeah. Jeter was was kind, kind of a prick, stand, kind of standoff. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So like when, when when I was really as during, much as I love him during the and I still love him I too, love you know. And I'll never. I'm not one of those fans that changes my perspective because you, you you know right. you might have been in a bad mood. Whatever. Not only that, you know, but it is what it is. When I was you know. My my late days with the fan when I was down there a lot during the kind of the end of the Yankee dynasty, I would have to get, I would get liners. Yeah, every Yankee on the roster did it, except Jeter. What did he tell you? That I had to go to Zillow. Well, you gotta you gotta talk Jason to Jason Zillow. Zillow. Oh, uh, he's our he's our media relations guy. But but the big G, Jason the Giambino the did it. Johnny Damon did it. Bernie did it. Mo did it. What, they was, all it? what did was the tagline? It. it was just you know hey this is Bernie you know the hey, whole when classic. I'm in Detroit I listen to a lot of right. the fan. That's right. Yeah. You know, and they were all, I mean, Bernie Williams couldn't have been cooler. Mo, I mean, burn, again, baby, just like with Doc. Yeah, I mean, they were all, Giambi. What a team. I mean, Giambi was asking me, you know, what what uh, what places to go to after the <laughs> game, bet, if you I know what he, I mean. Yeah, I bet. I, I said I, I've I never been to it. one of those. I no, mean, no, honestly, of course I, not. Yeah. Of course not. How about the Yankees last night? Uh, well, by the time you watch this uh, podcast or videocast here, streamcast, it's probably be a couple of days, but the game the other night, two game two, Yankees and the Indians, 10-9, Yankees win it, they they. Win the wild card division series, two games to none. The longest game in nine inning game in major league history. Longest, right? yeah. I, I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Huge. You're a huge fan. I, I put the Sopranos on, and like in the fifth inning, I, I couldn't stand it anymore. By the I end, I couldn't of, stand it. By the end of it, I was literally, I was up alone. Was, Obviously, it was just me and the dog. I was literally burying my face yeah. in the couch when I, when walks would I, happen. I, I fell asleep when Gary Sanchez tied the game, and right. then Lemayu got the lead for us. I, right. For us, for the Yankees, <laughs> I, I fell asleep. Yeah, I, it, it was. It I was had to rewind absolutely it to see how brutal. they got the runs. Yeah, it was absolutely. I was like, brutal. just end it. End. It. I don't even care if Cleveland won. Just At that end point, it. yeah, it was. I, I, I just, I wanted to go to bed. It was a horrible game. Yeah, I know people are gonna say, "Wow, back and forth." No, come it, back. Was, it was. It was down four nothing. That game, when, when, when the apocalypse comes, that game will not be in the time capsule for baseball. <laughs> no. It was. It was a disaster. It was. Now, I enjoyed. I enjoyed game one of the of the Braves and the Reds. That was a pitcher's duel deluxe. Right. It was Trevor Bauer was amazing. By the way, 
The Reds still have not scored. They are that's tough to do. They're twenty innings in, and they have not scored through two games right now. Talk about the postseason yips. So Atlanta's leading it. That probably looks like they're going to close out uh, the Reds in two straight here. And again, I could be wrong. And by the time you guys listen to this, it, I could be wrong. It seems like, you know, although this was a necessary evil with the with COVID, it seems like the fraud teams are all losing. You know what I mean? The I teams do. that didn't, you know. The Jays are out. Oh, is that our guy? Is it's, that it's, Dan? It's it's the sports rap reunion. Hey, Dan? Dan Dickerson. Where are you? Right back deck. It looks there like you it. Go. I was gonna say you look like you're out on a tent. I love it. <laughs> look at the look at the orange behind him. What it's picturesque. Oh, that's you beautiful. Know what? It, it's not orange, it's weird. Summertime, those those trees are the same color. Okay. Beautiful. It's weird. Dan. Something goes on with the camera. Hey, Dan, we were just talking about that classic Yankees uh, Indians uh, five hour nine inning game, uh, game two, and it went to the Yankees. And, you know, it, I just couldn't wait for this damn thing to be over. And then you're looking at the Reds, and they haven't even scored through 20 innings yet against Atlanta. They still have that. They have two hits. Have there been 19 walks in the game? <laughs> oh, my God. It's unreal. It's it's not classic baseball. That was like a trip to the dentist. It's really not classic <laughs> baseball. The uh, the Cubbies and the Marlins postponed today. They'll play. Now, if that game, if that series goes three, they'll be the only game playing over the weekend because everything is getting tidied up here in the next couple of days before they uh, you shift to the bubbles. Dan, how would you like those the bubbles? Uh, in the AL, you go into San Diego and Los Angeles, and in the NL, they go to Arlington and Houston. What's your take on the on this whole bubble playoff? Well, it's not it's not really a bubble. I mean, they're they're calling it that, but let's face it, you've got eight teams going to four cities as a couple of people have noticed uh, they say we call that business travel in the real world. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how much that's a bubble. I get that they're trying to, you know, isolate them in their hotels, but eight teams in four cities is nothing like what the NBA and NHL did. So I mean, I, I think it's the right thing to do, to be honest with you. And I, I think they were right to put the National League cities in Texas so that the Dodgers don't get home field in the World Series when they get there. Um, and so I think it's you know the concept is fine, but let's it's not a bubble like the NHL no. and NBA. But let's be fair. Let's be fair. I mean, you and I talk about it. We'd much rather watch a ball game outdoors than an indoor game, and that's where the World Series is going to wind up indoors. The San Diego would have been perfect for the World Series or Absolutely. Dodger Stadium. Truly, I mean, it's going to be in Texas it. in Arlington. Home field is not going to be that big an advantage. Dodger Stadium would have been perfect. San Diego's ballpark is beautiful. Outdoor baseball is better. Remember, that new Texas ballpark is one of the most pitcher-friendly ballparks. You think Texas knew that was coming? I mean, they should have. Most indoor ballparks are. But that's a very pitcher-friendly ballpark. So if you want offense, you're not going to get it in Texas. And that roof opens, am I correct? Yes, and I think they will. I don't know what they'll do. I really don't. It's a good question. I mean, if they're going to have fans in, they should open it to get some yeah. of that outdoor air yeah, in. Definitely. I don't know if that makes it really an outdoor venue, but um, they should open it. It just seems like whenever they have it in the postseason, even if it's a beautiful night, the roof is closed. I know. You know, I'll take whatever right now. I'm I'm enjoying watching games. Now, we know everything is a cluster right now. You had the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. The NBA Finals have started. Baseball playoffs. You got football almost every day of the week in the, the NFL. The Masters are in November. Yeah, the, and the Preakness is coming up this week. But I mean, listen to these numbers, Dan. What do you think the White Sox and Oakland game 
Game one, three o'clock start. How many people you think watch that game? Forty nine. <laughs> yeah, nine hundred and fifty-three thousand. Not even a million people watch that game. Wow. I, I mean, I don't. I, I honestly don't know what I mean. A good number would be. I mean, how does that compare to past years? Well, three o'clock start Eastern time. Right. I have no Yankees, idea. Yankees, Indians got two point six million, but that's a night game. Tampa yeah, Bay, Toronto. Uh, Tampa Bay, Toronto. Five o'clock. They got eight hundred thousand people watching that game. So right. two. What is it, how does this compare to past years? I have no idea. I have right. no idea what's a, what's a good number for a postseason mid-afternoon weekday game. Well, you know it's a bad scene when I'm. I don't know if you heard this crack by. Dan by Matt Vaskersian last night. He, you know, the game was so brutal. He actually made some comment like uh, to the effect of, and I'm paraphrasing. Well, well, if you've watched Game One of the NBA Finals over on yes. ABC and the game's finished and you're not watching us, thank you for tuning in. Yeah. I mean, so that was almost like a backhanded and the, dig the, at the baseball. The Dodgers were in the eighth inning and they started at ten fifteen. <laughs> I swear to God, Dan, I felt like I was in a dentist chair. Yeah, it was the worst. <laughs> I mean, and we were three huge seam heads in this conversation right now, and yes. and, and that was the worst. The Unbelievable. Worst. Well, Dan Dickerson joins us uh, from the, the comfy confines of his backyard. Uh, thanks a lot, Dan. Hey, Tiger season, what's your take on the entire season, the young kids that came up, Miguel Cabrera, and going forward from here? I would say I'll start with the, the hitting side of the equation, the position players, because we, we knew a lot about the pitchers. I'll talk about them in a sec. But All right, so we got to look at Daz Cameron. By the way, Tigers had 10 guys make their Major League debuts this year. You know who else had 10 guys make their Major League debuts this year? Chicago White Sox. Wow. Uh, just to give you a feel for, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of youth there, but some other teams also had that and did pretty well. They That's did. not a knock on what the Tigers brought up. I'm just saying they're, they're a little bit ahead, and they're doing it with really good young players. So, Daz Cameron, to me, was maybe the most impressive next to Willie Castro. Let's start with Willie Castro. Probably not going to be a 340 hitter in his major league career. That's a heck of a debut. And the caveat is always it was done over, you know, a month and a half, basically, for, for Willie Castro. It was great. Don't get me wrong. I think the thing that you're looking for going forward, a 450 batting average on balls in play, that obviously is going to correct. Could he be a 280 to 300 hitter? I think so. What you saw is a guy who recognized pitches and feels like he can hit any pitch. That is not true of all rookies. And I think that serves him very well going forward. And that's why I think they're going to try to – Put him at shortstop next year. There have been more than a few decent major league shortstops who have struggled defensively in their first couple of cracks at it. Let this guy play. Does he have the tools is the question. I think he does. You're going to have to live with some ups and downs, but I think he can get to at least average. And if you've got an average defensive shortstop with a good bat, he's got power. This kid projects to hit with some power and average. That's that's a pretty good combination for a shortstop. That's why I think you'll see him there. Daz Cameron was impressive to me. I, I kind of hope that he wins a job out of spring training. He'll have to win it. I hope they also add another corner outfielder. But Daz Cameron started one for 27, and it was a pretty weak one for 27. There wasn't a whole lot of contact in there. He finished 10 for 30, better contact. But it's like he he knew the, the league was exposing his weaknesses he made the adjustment. I'm not going to make too much of 10 for 30, but his defense was superb. Awesome. I mean, this guy gets great jumps on balls over his head. The number of catches he made going back to his right onto the track, really impressive. He could be in right field for a long time. Good. 
if he can hit. He probably is not going to hit for big average, but I think he can draw a walk. This is what the minor league record shows, draw a walk, strike out a little bit, and hit with some power. I, I like him in right field. Uh, Isak Paredes, I think he's going to be a good hitter in the major leagues. I think he's got to probably go back to AAA and get a little more seasoning, but he's got a knowledge of the strike zone. How many of those guys are there in the minor league system coming up? Not many. <laughs> and if you don't have a knowledge of the strike zone, and your low walks, high strikeouts coming up, you're going to be low walks, high strikeouts in the major leagues. He walked almost as much as he struck out in the minor leagues. Again, I think maybe a little more seasoning. I can't see him winning the third base job outright uh, to start next year, but I, very, very promising. So those three kind of stood out to me in terms of the position players. I think we learned a lot about, you know, Tarek Skubal's a real deal. I don't care what his ERA was. If you watched any of his starts, this kid is confident. He's dealing. He's got four-plus pitches, and he showed it. Last three starts, three walks, 20 strikeouts, and 15 innings. He's really good. I, I can't wait to see what he does. Casey Mize did not show us the same stuff. I don't think there's any question it's in there. Everybody's always raved about his stuff. We just didn't see it as much. That's okay. Um, think about what Casey Mize learned. First start, no walk, seven strikeouts, got a lot of swings and misses with a splitter. Then the, guess what? The league adjusted to him. And Rick Anderson and I chatted late in the year, and he said he got in a very, you know, a predictable pattern. Four-seam fastball up, splitter down. Guess what? Major league hitters know what you're doing, yeah. and that's why, you know, they, they weren't swinging and missing at that splitter really much at all after that first start. So learning curve for him. And, you know, assuming good health going forward and he, he is healthy – no reason he can't be a very good major league pitcher very quickly. They'll both be in the rotation next year. I think Brian Garcia showed he's got the temperament, the makeup to be a closer. Needs to have more swing and miss. Is his stuff swing and miss stuff? Absolutely was in the minor leagues. Second year back from Tommy John, he could have benefited from, you know, a 60-70 inning season uh, if, if it had been a full season instead of just 20-something. But Brian Garcia was impressive. I, I, you have to have a certain makeup. Not everybody can be a closer. I don't care what, you know, people say, well, look at the numbers. This guy can be a closer. Not true. Brian Garcia has that makeup, and I won't be surprised if he's a closer to start next year. Does have to get more swings and misses, but it's in that arm. How about Jimenez? What happened to him? You know, even when he started four for four in saves, and I think he gave up one run in his first five innings with four saves, it, it was very up and down, and he, he gave up some hard contact. And then he really ran into problems. And there was a seven-inning, I think it was 11 appearances, where he gave up 14 runs, seven home I mean, it was batting practice. It was mysterious. He was yanking the ball all over the place. But if you look at his last eight innings, it wasn't just that he threw, I think it was seven and two-thirds shutouts with no walks, nine strikeouts. It wasn't just that he dominated in those. The stuff was back. It was swing and miss stuff. Fastball velocity wasn't that much different, but it was 95 with life. Good finish. Slider had some sharpness to it. We just didn't see that much of the year. So, so you don't count him I out, right? To say, move on from Joey Menez, but I think Joey Menez is back, but not necessarily as a closer next year. All right, we'll see. I, I got the. I was lucky enough to visit you for spring training, watched a few games, Dog. sat in the stands. And I got to sit, you know, behind Roger Clemens' wife as she was watching Cody Clemens, and she had her her cell phone up, and Roger was watching on the video, uh, and I got awesome. to sit with Derek Hill's family. Derek Hill hits a home run, goes over the fence, grabs a ball. Sat with Riley Green's people as well. Those are three names I'm really interested in. Riley Green, obviously, especially. Yeah, Riley Green is. Um... Again, I, no minor leagues this year. Just it hurt this organization. It just did. I mean, you had 
an organization that's now consensus top 10. MLB Pipeline has them at two. And a lot of those guys were A-ball, double-A guys who needed another full year or more to make their way to the major leagues. And to have no at-bats for those guys is is a killer. Cody Clemens, start with him because he doesn't get talked about much. He came over and had 19 plate appearances in the spring. Uh, he wasn't on the spring training roster, but that was a minor league invite 19 times, more than Riley Green, who had 18, because they love the way this kid plays. Yeah. I would have loved to see, you know, the numbers don't suggest much, but I would have loved to have seen what another full year of development would have done for Cody Clemens at double A. So no minor leagues really hurt this organization. So what does that mean going forward? Well, Riley Green probably starts at Lakeland last year. Remember next year, remember he ended at West Michigan. So he probably starts at Lakeland, and then he's on the fast track. It's just a matter of if he hits well at Lakeland, moves to double-A. If he hits a double-A, maybe he gets a call up next year. I doubt it. It's probably 2022. Spencer Torkelson, where will they start him? Can't imagine it'll be double-A because he didn't have any at-bats this year after March. Um, but, again, that's a guy who could start at A-ball and move his way up very quickly. Those two guys are going to be the cornerstones for this franchise going forward. I do think it's really important to add another couple of impact bats in this offseason, whether it's through a trade or whether because you've got a small payroll, understanding that finances next year are far from certain. Uh, you know, the very low payroll allows you, I think, the flexibility to go out and get a veteran bat that you can plug in the middle of that order for years to come to surround these guys. Because look at what the White Sox have done when they brought up, I mean, amazing to me, Mancata. Jimenez, Luis Robert, three straight years. That's ridiculous. But what do they surround them with? Abreu, Anderson. I know he didn't hit well this year, but Encarnacion. The veteran bats make a big difference. Yeah. So those guys are going to get here quickly within the next two years. But I think it's really important to add some veteran bats around them in addition to Miguel Cabrera. So with that being said, Dan, I mean, you're the, you're the guru uh, of that organization. You know with, with the, the hindrance in the development because of the COVID when will this team be a contender again? Um, I, I, it's, it's an interesting question because, you know, Chris Hillis has said, you know, he'll spend when the time is right. It, boy, this year sure upended that timeline. I mean, it could have been he started would have started to spend maybe this offseason. I don't picture it because of the uncertainty. Maybe it would have been the next offseason. So if you add a couple of bats, and I think maybe a starting pitcher as well, um, the next two years will tell us a lot. It's really hard to put a timeline on it because so much is going to depend on the development of Green and Torkelson for the offense and for Manning, Mize, Scooble, and their development. Probably the biggest issue beyond getting a manager to start this offseason, the biggest issue that this organization will be tackling is what will the workload be for the guys, especially youngsters, I'm not sure it's as big a concern for the veterans because we've seen guys come back from Tommy John and ramp it back up to 150 to 180 innings pretty quickly. So I think the veterans you don't have to worry that much about. But what's the innings limit next year for Mize, Scooble, Manning? Manning had zero innings. Mize and Scooble both had around 30. Do you let them go to 130? I doubt it. You let them go to 50? I hope it's more than that. <laughs> but that think about it. That's a huge decision. All right, we, we know that we got to cap these guys at this number. Now how are we going to – where are we going to find the other innings from our starters? How are we going to spread those innings out over a year so that we're not shutting these guys down in June or July? 
that to me is a big issue. And I'm not sure that anybody has the answer to that right now. And I'm sure they're going to have a healthy discussion with doctors and trainers and strength coaches and pitching coaches to figure out what the right number is. But you have to figure that out before you figure out what you're going to add in terms of a veteran arm or two to that rotation. All right, Dan, we're going to keep our fingers crossed uh, for the Tigers. But it uh, looks like Atlanta's going for the sweep here. Azuna just hit a ball 450 feet. It's 3 nothing going to the ninth. Uh, is he a free agent? <laughs> yes. Is he a free agent? Hello. <laughs> yes, hello. Reds have got two hits, and they have not scored in this entire series. So it looks like they are done. Dan, before we let you go, you're a football junkie. You're a lion junkie. We laugh about it every single week. We cry about it every single week. <laughs> Here We're we are again. I have to turn in my Lions membership card every week. Here we are, and I have to keep talking you off the cliff. You'll be back for another Dick Stockton view, and there's no question about it. Dick Stockton on the mic. You know the Lions are playing. Leave nonetheless, poor Dick alone. Nonetheless, they are home against Drew Brees and the Saints. Oh boy. Drew Brees is all done. Yeah, he's washed up. He can't do anything. How many touchdowns is he going to throw for this week? Lions pull out a 31-28. How's that? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. But Breeze throws three touchdown passes. Lions defense comes up with a huge interception late. How's that? I like that. I like that. <laughs> uh, before we get off football, Titans and Steelers, Dan, I was, uh, we were talking earlier. They have postponed it. Uh, it's going to be played sometime this year. The NFL says, obviously, we expected these COVID tests to come back. It looks like the Titans had a couple of more players infected with this. And now the Steelers will have the week off as well. They'll make this up somehow. I think they'll just push everything back a week. They get that week between the Super Bowl and the NFC AFC Championship game. That'll probably be gone, and they'll have to slip some games in at the end of the year. What What's your take on on the NFL moving forward? Well, what I'd like to know is, I mean, in, in baseball, they finally it took them a while. It took them several weeks. <laughs> think. Think Marlins with four positive tests taking the field on that Sunday at the beginning of the season. Right. Oops. Uh, <laughs> so they, they quickly figured out. And then it took St. Louis to, to have, I think they got up to eight or nine positives, yeah. 10 or 11 with staff. Um, it, it, it took those two. It took a full three weeks, really, for baseball to figure out that, okay, once you have one, remember every press release was out of an abundance of caution. We are shutting this team down for the next four or five days. That was the protocol so that Correct. the asymptomatic spread could be caught. So I'm curious what football is doing. I, obviously, they had the luxury of a week in between games, but are they all shutting down practices for four to five days at a time and making sure that there is no, you know, every day that you have another positive test, it should be another four days before you can get your team back to practicing. That's what baseball did and it worked after their little learning curve at the beginning of the season. I'm curious what, what football is doing because it, you have to at least learn from baseball and other sports about how they handled it. And I think, you know, the NFL is doing the right thing, canceling that game. But I am curious in the future if, if once you get 3-4, you've got community spread in your clubhouse and you've got to shut it down for at least four or five days until you have zero positives, then you can allow the, the guys who've all tested negative to come back. I think the Vikings facility is shut down till Saturday. And no, I think, no, they're back already today. Oh, they're back today. Vikings are today. Okay, there was the, the other way around. The, the Titans, yeah, right. Okay, the Titans okay. are done for I, the week. Mixed up, yeah. So yeah. It, it is what it is. They're going to move on. And Dan, thirty seconds. NBA, Lakers, Heat. Do you give a damn? <laughs> 
Do I give it to LeBron? Yeah. Do, I mean, do you give it? Do you? Are you? Do you even care? Are you invested are you, at are all? You, are you watching? I, I do, you know what? I haven't watched a lot of uh, NBA in in recent years. Uh, I used to be a, a big junkie. I do love watching LeBron James. Uh, uh. I do love watching Steph Curry. I love watching the great ones, and I think LeBron James is truly amazing. <laughs> okay, I love you. We'll disagree right there. That's the end. That's the end of the, the show. The LeBron James is great. Are you disagreeing with me on that? I, don't, I do not want to talk to you anymore. No, I know he is. You're, you're going to turn him into cranky Tommy. I don't want to be cranky. I don't want to talk about him. I'm sorry. I just don't want. He's I just can't. Fantastic. I, I can't get behind him. I can't he get behind him. got to him. LA. I'm sorry. You got Anthony Davis. I'm, 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 I don't want to talk about it. Goodbye. <laughs> Unreal. We're through. Classic Maz. Love you, Dan. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Good to see you, buddy. <laughs> Peace out. You, Dan Dickerson, the voice of the Tigers and a LeBron fan. Hey, thanks to uh, everyone that helps us put the show together. David B. in the back, keeping us on the air. Kelsey helping out as well. Stevie Mac putting our little show together. For, for the summary on, on Twitter, when you post the clips, you can just put two pricks, talk to two of the <laughs> nicest guys in the That's business. That's it. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that. That could be the new show. Yeah. For uh, Clarence Black, who's not here, we, we wish him a great weekend. Uh, Brendan, thanks for coming in. Anytime, buddy. Love being give, here. Give the kids our best. I will definitely do, do that. Tell them Doc said hello. Absolutely. All right. It's Tom Mazaway. Thanks for listening to The Wrap. Hey, thanks a million to our friends at Warren RV Storage out on 14 Mile in Warren. 6900 East 14 Mile Road. Give them a try, folks. It's Maz and The Wrap. King and Foster coming up next.